What's up, what's up, what's up again, guys? Here we are with the eighth episode of the Cross Yas podcast. It's February. It's almost the end of February, so Valentine's Day just passed. Uh, I went to Orlando, Florida, home of Disney World and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I went with my girlfriend for Valentine's Day because she's like a huge Harry Potter fan, so we got to see Diagon Alley. Um, the Grammys just passed, and we have the Oscars coming up in a couple days, so... I don't know about you guys, but I'm a huge movie and music fan. I've seen like the last seven or eight of the current Best Picture nominees. And I don't know what your guys' opinions of the Oscars or the Grammys because, I don't know, some say it's self-serving for those in the industry. Well, I don't know. I like watching people celebrate uh, what they're good at. Uh, In this episode, I'll discuss cross-dressing in, I don't know, American pop culture. I'll talk about movies, TV, and music in American pop culture, so again, I'm sorry, international fans, maybe in another episode. Uh, I'll talk about what I like to watch and what I listened to growing up that had any relation to cross-dressing. I'll even talk about the tired tropes movies and TV shows use and still use today regarding cross-dressing. And finally, I'll discuss maybe potential ways the U.S. or the entire world can better or accurately portray cross-dressing in a better light. I don't know, but stuff that again i think is important so i hope you guys enjoy this episode and without further ado uh, let's get to it hey guys just want to talk about anchor real quick you know i love anchor so much they've helped me so much with this podcast it's free and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer and anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. I was raised in the USA, guys, in the early 90s, where TVs, movies, music, and even video games were all essential to my upbringing. It was my form of entertainment or distraction, if you will. It's what you did for fun when you weren't playing outside. Side note, do kids even play outside anymore? I know they're probably too busy playing Fortnite. For those unfamiliar with Fortnite, it's just another thing that adults don't get. In my heyday, it was Pokemon. Today, it's Fortnite, which is like a video game that kids play and copy their stupid dances. But it's a billion-dollar business, so they're probably doing something right. But I was raised where TVs and movies and music pretty much preoccupied my entire time as a child. I couldn't catch on to books. Sorry, Mom. But I did watch a lot of TV. You remember the simpler times. Well, simpler for me compared to today where, you know, there weren't smartphones. The internet was in its infancy, so it wasn't there quite yet. And there wasn't any instant gratification. You had to wait for stuff to come onto TV. There were even specific days where people loved to gather around the television to watch stuff, like NBC's Must See TV Thursday and ABC's TGIF, which stood for Thank God It's Friday, and it's their TV lineup, which of course aired on Friday nights. Which would be unheard of today, because now you can just go online and catch the episodes you missed. Or, you know, you can go online on your computer or now your phone. 
I mean, all we had in the 90s before computers and internet was the TV or really radio. People forget computers at home were like a real luxury back then. And again, the internet wasn't yet that big of a thing. I mean, remember 56K modems? You couldn't even be on the phone and online at the same time without hearing that terrible static noise. So TV was basically it. I mean, if you wanted to be part of the cool crowd, you watched what was on TV. I mean, my grandma helped raise me and my sister when my mom was working, so I used to watch a lot of TV with her. She was older, so she was a TV to help raise us. It's the easiest way to parent. You know, television. Like today, you use a screen and you put it in front of your child. I mean, there's way more screens today. You've got your iPad, your iPhone, your computer laptop, or I mean, your TV as well. Probably not helping your child's development much, but I mean, if you really want to help the development of a child, you probably should talk to your kids, help them use their words. I mean, early in the 90s, before I was able to go to school, TVs and movies were all I could watch. And the movies, of course, were pretty much watched all on TV before the days of Netflix. I mean, you couldn't just choose a show. You had to wait for it to come on. And my grandma's favorite shows, which, again, I watched with her, were like Price is Right or I Love Lucy and Three's Company. I mean, we watched a lot of daytime TV, but luckily, my sister and I also grew up watching cable TV shows. Mostly kids' shows with the occasional MTV and Disney Channel thrown in. Shows I remember are like Wild and Crazy Kids, Saved by the Bell, Guts, What Would You Do, Full House, I think Secret World of Alex Mack, and Double Dare just off the top of my head. Shout out to Nickelodeon though, guys, because I loved Nickelodeon. Most of these shows were on Nickelodeon. But I knew I was a different kid because I had an affinity for shows that had cross-dressing elements. I didn't think anything of it. I just really enjoyed watching those kind of shows when it came on the television. So I knew I was a cross-dresser early, and I always looked for shows that involved cross-dressing or even gender-bending in any shape or form. Like, even if a guy were to somehow, you know, jump to a body of a woman. So I can, like, name a couple shows and movies that had some cross-dressing aspects. Like, I don't know, I Love Lucy. Like, there was a couple episodes where, like, Fred had to dress up as a woman to get into, like, a nightclub to help Lucy and Ethel with their shenanigans. I think there was a short-lived show on Fox. It was called Ask Harriet, where a man couldn't get a job as a male writer, so... You know, he became a woman, and that helped him be a better writer. Um, and I can even think of, like, Family Matters, which had, like, Urkel's cousin, Myrtle Urkel, where he was basically playing Myrtle, a female. And, I don't know, that was terrible, but, I don't know, it was pretty funny. And there was, like, another episode which had, like, Laura, the daughter, where she had to dress up as a guy to, like, buy a car. But TVs and movies like were my only reference point from a visual sense of what it meant to cross-dress. But it also helped give me some idea of what men and women's roles were supposed to be. Like look at the movie Mulan. I don't know if you guys remember what Mulan was, but it's that like Disney cartoon in the 90s where a woman had to become a man to fight in a war for her father. So she cross-dressed to fight in a war. There were songs in that movie like I'll Make a Man Out of You, and, you know, reflections, which, I don't know, it kind of gave her some identity crisis because she didn't know who she was. 
Um, but if you think about it, she had to become a man, and a man is supposed to be pictured as strong because if you're a girl, it's a sign of weakness. I mean, they even like talk about that, and I'll make a man out of you. Or if you remember parts of the movie, there were cross-dressing parts, even for the guys who dressed as girls, and they had to be seen as female or feminine. Uh, shout out to Lace Longa guys because she killed Reflections. I don't know if you guys remember that song, but killed it. Although I think that's the movie that made Christina Aguilera popular because she sang a version of her song. But I don't know. Got to give more props to Leia because she killed it. But the movie was weird to me because, I mean, she's still considered a Disney princess. So, I don't know. still confused me. And cross-dressing in TV shows and movies, I don't know, just didn't make sense. Because cross-dressing was always pictured in a weird light. Especially men who dressed as women. Like, is there always a need or reason to hide who you are? Like, why create a ruse to become a girl? I mean, did I need to create that as well? So looking back at it, I guess it was always a funny thing to cross-dress. But I didn't know what cross-dressing meant, especially because I was still learning what it meant to be fascinated or even aroused by wearing female clothing. I really, again, had no reference point. Like, where do I turn to? I wasn't going to talk to my family about it because, I don't know, it's not something commonly talked about. It's not that I was trying to repress it. I just, I don't know, I had no idea what to make of it. So if you watched a lot of TV like I did, you'd see, again, cross-dressing used as a way to poke fun at characters. So I was under the impression that cross-dressing was supposed to be a funny trope, especially for men. Like, men would only cross-dress as like a form of disguise, or men would cross-dress because... I don't know, they had their own special interest because I don't cross-dressing men were crazy or they were just selfish. But I knew I liked to wear women's clothing, but I needed more meaning. And it didn't help that they're like bad portrayals of cross-dressers out there, but I didn't know what bad or good meant. So I looked first to TV and movies for meaning. And before Netflix, I used to watch all my movies on TV. Before internet and Google, TV was all a kid had as a reference. Today you can Google stuff now and find all sorts of stuff related to cross-dressing, but back then, no dice. Really, TV and movies were all that existed. I guess you could have read books or listened to the radio, but I don't know, I was more of a visual learner. Back then, you know, there was no such thing as podcasts to hear someone talk about cross-dressing. There was a radio, but I mean, it was few and far between a listen to anyone talk about cross-dressing on the radio. So I used to watch movies and TV. Uh, early portrayals that I remember that had cross-dressing as main plot lines were in movies. I'll talk about a couple movies that I remember that showcased cross-dressing. Some good, some bad, but you know it's all subjective because everyone has their opinion of what a good movie is and what a bad movie is. All right, that's the beauty of life, isn't it? That we all have our own differences but you know we can watch stuff and don't have to agree on everything so let's first talk about the movie Tu Mong Fu Thanks for Everything Julie Newmar it's not the greatest movie showcasing cross-dressing for cross-dressing because it's a movie about drag queens it's about um, these three drag queens as they take a road trip to Los Angeles from New York for a drag competition the movie's I don't know, not the greatest movie, and it's not rated super well because of its weak storyline. But there's like a lot of star power in the movie. 
it had um i don't know if you guys remember patrick swayze he was in ghost dirty dancing and roadhouse uh it also had wesley snipes who i don't know if you guys remember but he was in a movie blade which was actually technically marvel's first black superhero and it also had john leguizamo who played luigi in that terrible super mario movie like it was a live action movie and he played luigi i know it was bad well the movie again didn't show cross-dressing for cross-dressing and it had you know more about movie about drag queens and i'll talk about drag again in a future episode but um i know it was kind of a weird movie because it had like a scene where patrick swayze gets groped as a drag queen or in drag and john leguizamo i mean he almost gets raped by a bunch of these boys it was weird but um the movie did show cross-dressing and it's one of the first movies i remember that had cross-dressing in the movie so another movie i'll talk about is miss doubtfire if you guys don't know what Miss Doubtfire is, for those unaware, it's basically a movie where Robin Williams is trying to win his kids back as he and his wife, played by Oscar winner Sally Fields, were going through a divorce. He does this dressing up as an older British nanny who is Miss Doubtfire. If you love comedy, like you love Robin Williams. And I love Robin Williams. This movie does a decent job of showing cross-dressing because like there's a whole transformation scene where he tries to figure out who he has to be um and he does a decent job of cross-dressing like he has everything about a british nanny down to a t he's got the accent he's got the look he has everything in terms of socially changing what it meant to be a cross-dresser this movie didn't really do that much it really just showcased how good robin williams is of an actor it did show like family in turmoil and how they dealt with it. I mean, they even had like Pierce Brosnan in the movie. If you guys don't know who that is, he played James Bond in the 90s. And the movie is pretty funny. I love Robin Williams and he plays like other people that I like. Like he played Genie in Aladdin and he played that mentor guy in Goodwill Hunting. He even won an Oscar for it. Uh, side note real quick though, What's with, like, Will Smith playing Genie in the new live-action Aladdin? I don't know. We'll see how he does, but, like, there's a bunch of terrible memes right now with him, like, CGI'd into, like, blue. Uh, it looks terrible, and it's really an amazing film that Aladdin is. But, I don't know, we'll see what Will Smith does with it. But with Miss Doubtfire, if you actually analyze the movie much more closely, I know people love it, but he kind of sucks as a dad. <laughs> In the movie like he did a great job cross-dressing but i guess what i learned from the movie is that he's only good as a father when he's not a man it was really weird and i know it's a movie about divorce um and divorce is like really tricky anyways because you know parents are going through a tough time but i don't know what kind of example is that for a dad or a cross-dresser that you don't really know you know your who your kids are until you cross-dress i don't know it was weird um and at the end of the movie like he you know ends up you know loving his kids again but i don't know did he only cross-dress to again show that he's pretty selfish i mean he had to dress up again as a ruse to be closer to his children i don't know he wasn't uh the savior it just i don't know miss doubtfire felt like he was being made more f like as a joke 
as opposed to being like what you know a crossdresser was which is fine i guess because you know that's what the movie is about it's about being funny but i don't know uh i don't think all crossdressers like being made fun of and again growing up in the 90s watching this movie i'm like well what does it mean to be a crossdresser um and you know that's one of the few movies i'll talk about let's talk about white chicks so white chicks is a movie that starred marlon and sean waynes as two down on their luck black fbi agents that had to go undercover as two rich privileged white women to find their kidnappers i don't know if you know who marlon and sean waynes are but they're brothers who come from a famous family of comedians they had a hit show in the 90s called the waynes brothers and their real life brothers keenan ivory waynes and damon waynes are responsible for some of the funniest tv shows and movies in the 80s and 90s movies and shows like major pain in living color my wife and kids scary movie all those they made white chicks also had one of the first movie appearances that i can remember from terry cruz if you guys don't know who terry cruz is he's one of the like black guys who was in the first uh old spice commercials he was also in uh, i think idiocracy as <laughs> the funny um president in there camacho he was really funny and also in brooklyn 99 which is one of my favorite tv shows only who white chicks is considered a satirical comedy as it should be coming from the mind of keenan ivory waynes i mean you guys have seen scary movie and that's a parody on all the scary movies that came out in the 90s and 2000s well this movie again just focused on the fascination that we had with american like rich white girls like I don't know if you remember Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Well, this was around the time of their show, The Simple Life. And I think this movie is trying to parody it that. Um, but some people who watch this movie consider it racist and that it just reinforces gender and racial stereotypes, which I guess is true if you want to focus on that aspect of the movie. But I think this movie was purposely making fun of that. I mean, they cross-dress in this movie as you know, they're black guys and they cross dress or try to become white women. But if you watch the movie, they purposely have bad makeup jobs. Like they had latex faces, their skin tone was pretty fake. And it's obvious that they weren't these white girls. I mean, they didn't change their voices. They pretty much like walk, talked, and they had the demeanor of white guys. I mean, their fashion sense was on point at the time, which was, you know, I thought awesome. But I think the other part that's funny in this movie is that they just didn't look like white girls or girls in general. They almost had alien-like faces, which is part of the funny part of this movie. It's that everyone pretended that they were like actually women. But even in the end, there was like a big reveal that they were men. But it's like, come on, they were obviously not women or white women. I mean, again, have you not seen other their Wayne's Brothers movies? They parody a bunch of other, you know, movies that... Are popular at the time or tv shows or movies and again like scary movie comes to mind don't be a man don't be a menace which is like a parody of boys in the hood in the 90s they parody stuff and they do it well i mean the movie is just so ridiculous and exaggerated which again is what i think the movies should be it's poking fun at what you know the current climate of what it means to be whatever it is at the at that time uh, so I don't know, I think people want to remark on how badly this movie reinforces gender and racial stereotypes, but again, I don't know, I don't think this movie should be looked at it like that. 
Um, this movie is supposed to talk about over-exaggerating, you know, male and gen- male and racial stereotypes, which I don't know. I think it's funny. Also, there's talks about making a white girls too, so I don't know. That should be interesting. But I guess that's part of the problem, right? Like, what is cross-dressing? Is it actually something that people should talk about, or is it just I don't know another joke that people poke fun at? I don't think that it should be. But really, there hasn't been a lot of positive cross-dressing elements in, at least for men, in a lot of movies or TV. I mean, there are a few, but I think there needs to be more. But for me, again, the only way I knew about this, I don't know, before cross-dressing was on the internet, was movies and TV shows. I mean, there are some good movies out there that do showcase cross-dressing in somewhat of a good light, like, I don't know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know if you guys know that movie. It's... This guy's name is Dr. Frankenfurter, who's played by Tim Curry, and he plays a transvestite. So let's talk about what a transvestite is. It's kind of an older term. It's pretty dated. Uh, it shouldn't be confused with the word tranny, which is offensive to most people, so try not to use it. Uh, but let's talk about that real quick. Like, everyone gets offended at everything today so easily. So I guess you should watch what you say, because I guess someone somewhere will get offended. Which, I don't know, I guess it's whack, because, come on, people, gain thicker skin. I don't know when, and again, let's go off tangent uh, real quick. Seriously, when did people get so easily offended? I don't know, was that perhaps with the rise of social media? Facebook, maybe? I mean, yes, the bullying has gotten bad with the rise of social media, you know, cyberbullying. But come on, everyone, you're more than words someone calls you. I mean, yes, we're all looking for identities and trying to figure out who we are, but if someone calls you a name or badmouths you or whatever, guess what, guys? You don't have to believe them. I mean, I can name numerous times where I've been called derogatory names like fag, bitch, gay, faggot, tranny, etc., and yeah, it hurt. But you know what? I am confident enough to know that words are just that, and as long as I don't assign meaning to them, I know it's not true, but I know words hurt, I get that, and it's not right for people to call me those things. But, you know, you guys are strong, confident people. Please rise above people's bullshit. Like, please. Because there are shitty people out there who have nothing better to do than to put you down. But don't fall for that. Yes, be considerate and don't stoop to their level by retaliating and calling them names as well. But, you know, because it only fuels their stupidity. Just be calm and move on. You'll be better off for it. Anywho, back to where I was. Um, The textbook definition of a transvestite is usually a male that gains pleasure from wearing clothes of the opposite sex. I guess that's me. I mean, I find great pleasure in wearing women's clothes. So when I saw Dr. Frankenfurter as someone I could relate to, I was like, ooh, I think that might be me. More about Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was a cult classic from 1975, and it's like a Halloween movie. The basic plotline of the movie is this couple, played by Barry Bostwick, I don't know if you guys remember Spin City, but he was the mayor on that. And Susan Sarandon, who was Louise in the 1991 movie Thelma and Louise. Well, their car breaks down in the rain near this castle who turns out to be run by the transvestite played by Tim Curry, Dr. Frankenfurter. I mean, this movie is great because uh, it allows some crossdressers to dress up in fishnets and a black corset when it's like shown in midnight showings. I mean, many of the LGBTQ community Look at this movie and its androgyny as like, you know, a celebration of the community. 
This movie also has a great soundtrack. I don't know if you guys know Sweet Transvestite or Time Warp, but they're like almost always played in like Halloween like parties. Another movie where cross-dressing is seen in a positive sense and used as a central plotline is a 1982 movie, Tootsie. What a great, great movie, guys. Here's a movie that showcased cross-dressing in the best light. Sure, it uses a guy cross-dressing to gain another job, and I guess he's a little selfish for it, but Dustin Hoffman's acting is superb. He portrays his feminine persona beautifully as Dorothy Michaels. Fun facts about the movie, everyone loved it. It was the second highest grossing film in 1982 behind E.T., and it was put in the National Film Registry in 1998 by the Library of Congress. Here's the basic premise of the movie. Dustin Hoffman is a struggling actor, but because of his reputation as a perfectionist, no one will hire him. He can't land a role until one comes and he like kills the role, but he has to play a woman and it's on a soap opera. I mean, there's lots of same cross-dressing overused tropes here. Like people confuse him as a real woman. Some guys make unwarranted advances and he struggles to find the right clothes. But what this movie does right is that it doesn't go overboard. It's not used as like a weird gimmick, but it actually showcased Hoffman's role as like a human. Like he gets the struggle of what it means to be feminine. I mean, the movie does touch on sexism issues, but I guess in that sense, it was ahead of its time. But like what about TV show portrayals of cross-dressers? I mean, there's not a lot of TV shows that come to mind with cross-dressing males as a main plotline throughout the show. I guess Ask Harriet is there, but that show barely lasted a season. People like to talk about Tom Hanks in one of his first TV roles in the show Bosom Buddies where he had to cross-dress, but that show didn't last that long. But I mean, Tom Hanks is still killing it, so it's not a career killer. I mean, today there are some shows that show cross-dressing men, but they're almost always bad. Uh, sketch comedy shows like Saturday Night Live regularly use men dressed as women on TV. One of the actors on there are Kenan Thompson, where he plays a woman almost a lot. But I think in 2013, he said in an interview that he was going to stop playing female characters until they hired more black women. And later that year, they hired Leslie, jo Leslie Jones, and she's killing it on there. Other shows or other times they show cross-dressers on TV are like Halloween episodes. And every cross-dresser's favorite holiday is Halloween. I mean, every year there's always some TV show or episode or news station that dresses one of the male characters or reporters as a female. I think Matt Lauer, Matt Lauer uh, a famous TV morning show host, used to dress up on female you know, Halloween as a female character before he was fired in 2017. Not for his cross-dressing. I mean, he did other stupid shit. But um, he always, I don't know, he likes to cross-dress on Halloween. I think it's fine to dress up as a female character, but to me, it always seems forced on TV, especially when it's done on Halloween only. Uh, it also kind of bothered me that anyone who would cross-dress on TV is always say, oh, they dressed in drag. I guess kind of. But, I mean, drag isn't just cross-dressing. Drag is other stuff. And cross-dressing isn't just drag. I mean, the cross-dressing on these shows is always so exaggerated, which I guess is what they're going for. But, again, there's a difference between cross-dressing and dressing in drag. 
I mean, again, drag is cross-dressing, but drag is usually meant for performance and done typically by gay men, like RuPaul's Drag Race, for example. I've actually never seen an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, but it's a reality competition TV show where typically gay men, although some transgendered contestants have joined recently, well, they compete to become the best drag queen. RuPaul, arguably the most famous drag queen ever, decides with a panel of other judges who is the best drag queen, with weekly eliminations. It's a popular show as it's coming out with their 10th season soon, and it showcases men dressing as women, exaggerating female behaviors, if you will. Again, there's nothing wrong with drag, and I'm all for expression of yourself, especially with wearing women's clothes, but I think the show just doesn't represent heterosexual crossdressers that well. I mean, not a lot of crossdressers want to be drag queens, and it's difficulty finding shows that reflect that. I mean, there are shows that try to do that, and let me talk about some of them. I mean, as much as I loved watching movies growing up, I watched a ton of TV shows. And there's a couple of TV shows that come to mind that actually brought cross-dressing to a good light. And one of those is Boy Meets World, and one of their specific episodes called Chick Like Me. It's definitely my favorite episode of the show because Sean, who's a guy, well, he makes an incredibly hot girl. I think his name on the show was Veronica Wozboyski, and he looked great. I mean, I desired as a like teenager to look that great in the dress. I mean, you can probably find clips of you clips on YouTube of the episode, but before YouTube, you really just had reruns, and they were far and few between to watch the episode because I mean, they weren't on. Their reruns were hard to find. Um, but the basic premise of the show is Corey, played by Ben Savage, and his friend Sean, Ryder Strong, you know, they go through the daily motions of high school and growing up. Corey had a girlfriend named Topanga, Danielle Fischel, and like I had a huge crush on her growing up. But the synopsis of the Chick Like Me episode is basically these two guy friends wanted to know what it felt like to be a girl because they had read a copy of Black Like Me, which is where a white guy had to become black to experience what it felt like to be black. So that's where the title of the episode, Chick Like Me, came in. Well, in the episode, Corey wanted to be the girl, but during the transformation process, Sean turned out that he demonstrated he knew more about what it meant to be a woman. So they chose him to become the girl and they wanted to document his experience. Well, he landed a date as, you know, Veronica with a guy who turned out to be chauvinistic and shallow, and he learned what it meant to, you know, be a woman and how hard it is to be a woman when the guy you're dating is chauvinistic and shallow. Again, I love that episode, and again, it's so much easier with the internet now to watch it. Uh, and let's give it a shout out to the internet, because where would we be without it? Another TV show that was kind of like RuPaul's Drag Race, but it was short-lived and only lasted one season was called He's a Lady. It was a reality show that was on TBS, which is a cable channel, and it came out in 2004 where, remember when reality TV was like heavily bombarded on every channel? Like even the Learning Channel was like all reality shows, and I hated that. Because, you know, I used to learn stuff on there, but then all of a sudden it just became reality shows up the wazoo. Anywho, He's a Lady had the same format of all reality shows where each week someone would be eliminated with the panel of judges and at the end, you'd find a winner. The difference in this show, or what made it special, is that 
these guys who originally told that it was going to be called the most American man or all American man. Uh, but when they finally got on the show, it was this show where every week you would have to do challenges where you would see who could be the most or the greatest woman, which is weird because the challenges included like the most passable test. Like you'd have to be a woman in front of your family and see if they would recognize who you were. And you would also have to like plan a wedding or you'd have to participate in a beauty pageant, which I guess this kind of show reinforced dated gender roles almost to the point where you'd be like, really? Like that's what you're going with? I mean, the final episode was nice. It had the men or the final contestants answer what they learned, what it meant to be a man as a woman. And the winner wasn't actually the most passable person and said that they felt ugly because they weren't passable, but they learned what it meant to be a man and how looks really don't matter. I mean, it's really touching and refreshing to see someone win and it wasn't just about looks or, you know, it's usually these contests or who's the fastest to the finish line or who's that. But I mean, the runner-up was like the most passable and pretty hot as a woman, but really it's not about how you look, it's really how you feel inside. And that show really got it right. Because I hate those reality shows where it's, again, like it's, you know, I'm the fastest or I'm the best at this. But, you know, it's the nice twist because it's true. You don't have to be, you know, the best at something. It's just how you feel. Uh, But I doubt they'll do this show ever again because, I mean, you really can't continue to reinforce these terrible gender roles. I mean, there's equality and stuff. And I don't know. I wish more shows did it like that. But like my favorite part of cross-dressing and any of these things really is that transformation process where they have the guy try on clothes, put on makeup, learn how to walk and be feminine because they make it look so easy. Because I'll tell you right now, it takes a lot of time to perfect that transformation process. So damn you TV and movies for making it look so easy. So let's talk about music. I mean, music has always been a cool way to express yourself. Because anyone can make sounds. I mean, you do it with your voice, you can use instruments, and you can be pretty unique. I think it was around the 80s when it was a cool way for people to express themselves in fashion, like in clothing. I mean, have you seen 80s clothing? For men and women, some of those clothes can be seen as feminine today. There was a huge androgyny movement in the 80s, which probably coincides with the sort of rise in the lesbian and gay movement that kind of ended in those end of the late 70s. I mean, for those who don't know what androgyny means, it means a person has both masculine and feminine traits. Someone can be born with androgynous traits like hermaphrodite, but they can also display that with fashion too. So androgynous singers and bands with an androgynous sense of fashion sense in the 80s that come to mind are like David Bowie, The Culture Club, and Prince. I mean, you guys remember Prince? Rest in peace, by the way. Uh, Prince liked to wear heels a lot. I think so much so that he needed calf surgery because he wore heels all the time. And, you know, heels are known again for women to wear them all the time, but Prince was rocking those heels. Uh, There was also Queen, one of my uh, favorite bands. Lots of Oscar buzz uh, with Remy Malek playing Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of Queen, but he kills that. Um, He kills that role. And it's a good movie, guys. If you haven't seen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, you guys you should but uh in their hit song i want to break free uh the music video the whole band cross-dressed as they were cleaning the house which was i don't know actually pretty cool i mean 
this video came out in 1984 when, you know, music videos were relatively new. And today you don't see much cross-dressing done with, you know, bands and stuff. I mean, especially in music videos. I mean, sometimes you'll see it, but I mean, today, like music videos aren't revered as they once were. I mean, I remember when MTV was actually just all music and music videos. Not the reality shows that they show, you know, 16 and pregnant nonsense. Although, you know, back then the real world was my shit, guys. Also, like Celebrity Deathmatch, which I freaking loved. I mean, MTV even had a series called Making the Video where you could actually see the artist make the video and, you know, the music with it. I mean, it was, they were lip singing or whatever, but, you know, when they showed it at the end, I remember when it was still new, they would show the world premiere of the video, which came on late at night. And it was actually the world premiere. And it was awesome because we would talk about the music video the next day in school. Also, shout out to TRL, which for you young ones stood for Total Request Live. And you would watch the top 10 music videos of the day. I mean, they still have TRL now as like a nostalgia throwback, but if there ain't no Carson Daly, uh, you got nothing. Ah, I miss when I was younger. So then like, how do you change it, right? Like, how do you change the idea that cross-dressing is okay? I mean, there's a current show out there called The Connors. Shout out to Mitzi, by the way, guys, my coworker who brought it up to me. It's about this, you know, show with the family that's grown up. I think it's like a post-Roseanne before she got like fired or whatever for saying stupid shit. And like it showcases the family as they grow up. And one of the kids is, I don't know, gender non-binary where he's like, you know, you can't tell what he is and he just wants to be himself. And, you know, he cross-dresses at times and that's cool. And the family at first, I was told, like he, in the early episodes of the show, like, were weirded out about it, and then all of a sudden just got used to it. And that's really what cross-dressing is. I mean, it's just, you know, it should be normalized. Cross-dressing, there's nothing wrong with it, and people just, like myself, like wearing women's clothes. And that's okay. Unfortunately, you know, I can't talk about all the cross-dressing and all TV shows out there, or movies, or music that talk about stuff. Um, and that's okay, because there's always going to be cross-dressing elements in TV, movies, and music. I mean, even Broadway, where they talk about cross-dressing, like in Rent, or Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I mean, they may not talk about cross-dressing, but there's elements in that, and that's okay. I think it's cool to talk about these things, and it's cool to keep cross-dressing topic, or cross-dressing as a topic to talk about. Because, I don't know, the more you talk about it, and the more people realize it's okay, then, you know, one day, it won't be a problem. And that's it for this week. I wish I could talk way more about other movies and TVs and music with regards to cross-dressing, and maybe I will in another episode, but no, I talked about a little bit of stuff this week, touched on some stuff. I hope you guys learned a little bit more about cross-dressing and American pop culture, because, I don't know, I grew up with this stuff, and I still watch um, lots of TV and lots of movies and lots of things and listen to lots of music. I don't know if you guys know that we are still on social media. We still have a Facebook page and we're on Instagram at Cross Yas Podcast. Follow, like, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast because, you know, I like to reach out to all of you guys and learn more about everyone else. We'll see. Um, I, I don't know what else I need to talk about. What else do we have coming up? 
Uh, I have an episode with an interview with another cross-dresser. Her name is Daisy. I have another episode coming up where I interview Montana's first transgendered contestant in a beauty pageant. And it went really well, the interview. I hope you guys stay tuned for that. The Oscars are on Sunday. Please watch that because I love movies and I want to talk about that stuff. But I think that's all for this week. Uh, Tune in next week. I think I'll have either the interview up or I'll talk about uh, gender identity and sexual orientation in the next episode. But stay tuned, guys. And as always, keep it fresh. Stay blessed. And remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I am not here to diagnose or treat anything, but I'm here to offer my story. I hope that in turn you learn more about me, learn more about yourself, and about the world of cross-dressing.